Well, today we sing what is called Moses' song, or maybe a little bit better, Moses and Miriam's song of praise. Or is it a song of deliverance? The people of Israel have been given permission to leave Egypt. Pharaoh, faced with the seventh plague, the death of the firstborn, relinquishes his grip and allows them to go. They pack quickly and they flee. But it isn't long before Pharaoh changes his mind and the people of Israel see the powerful Egyptian army pursuing them. It's a terrifying image. Newly minted refugees fleeing for their lives, carrying their small children, what baggage they are able to take with them, and behind them a dreadful army mounted in chariots and approaching at speed. Death is stalking them. There is no escape. But miraculously, God delivers them. How could they not break out into song? Indeed, how could they not break out into dancing? Praising God that He has delivered them. That He has set them free. I will sing to the Lord for His glorious triumph, the horse and rider He has hurled into the sea. Your right hand, O Lord, is majestic in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. They've been saved. But their journey into the wilderness is only just beginning. Three days later, they arrive at Mara. They are parched and tired, and the only water that they can find is undrinkable. Exhaustion, despair, take hold again. Fear grips their hearts, and their song of praise turns to grumbling and resentment. Moses, where is your God? It's not just the water which is bitter, it is the people themselves who have turned bitter. Your God has abandoned us. But God once again delivers them. Moses throws a piece of wood on the water and it turns sweet. And as they quench their thirst, we can almost hear the refrain swelling up again. I will sing unto the Lord. Indeed, it is not hard to imagine the people of Israel <coughs> singing this song again and again on their journey to Mount Sinai in the wilderness, in their entry to the promised land, and in the life that follows after. They are learning to worship God, to respond to Him for what He has done and for who He is. We catch riffs of this song again and again in the story of God and His faithfulness to this people, perhaps particularly in the Psalms. Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Holy, awesome, worker of wonders. This song of Moses and Miriam is more than just a song of thanksgiving for God's deliverance out of Egypt. It is the appropriate worship of this God, who again and again is revealed as faithful, as true, as the one God. The song climaxes in verse 16 and 18. 
where we hear <coughs> that God has formed this people, that God has brought them into his presence, and that he has established that he alone is Lord. Lord over all, forever. In the Exodus, the people of Israel are catching a glimpse of the truth of who God is, and in this song, they begin to give voice to the truth, that truth as their truth, as the truth. We can almost hear this song of praise growing richer and deeper as the acts of God's deliverance and provision pile up one upon another. All of which makes their repeated grumbling, resentment, and rejection of God more unacceptable. When they are overwhelmed by the situations they find themselves in, and fear and despair causes them to cry out in bitterness and anger rather than praise. They are not just being churlish, refusing to do the right thing in acknowledging God. They are letting go of what is good and what is beautiful and what is true. Their inability to sing in praise and worship of God is not just a failure of duty. It is allowing fear to lead them in the descent into disorder and chaos. The joyful chorus breaks down into shouts of acrimony and anger, noisy gongs and clanging cymbals. It all begins to fall apart. It is easy, I think, to sit in judgment on Israel for their constant doubting and whining. It seems as though they turn away from God mere moments after he has delivered them from yet another enemy or generously provided for their needs. It's easy to judge. Except this is our own experience as well. As great as the delivery out of Egypt was, it is a mere shadow of our delivery out of sin and death. Yet we all know, faced with difficulty, with loss, with illness, we too quickly can become overwhelmed with despair. In the midst of chaos, what threatens us can easily appear more powerful than God, turning our praise into bitterness. Perhaps what is most sobering is that here in North America, we often stop singing or forget to sing God's praise, not because we are threatened, but because we are simply too busy, even as students at Wycliffe College. This is all further complicated, of course, in that God's intention was to show who he was to the whole world through the people of Israel, just as he wants to show himself to the world through us, through you, and through me. When your people, O Lord, passed by, the nations trembled. When Israel stopped singing, or when we stopped singing, the whole world grows more discordant and dissonant 
It turns from melody to noise. When we look at the world around us and we see that noise, that clanging, the gongs, the cymbals crashing, we can't avoid our own ownership in that. Singing God's praise is not simply a duty or appropriate response to God for what God has done. It is that the worship of God is at the center of the coherence of this world. When the trees of the field are able to clap their hands as the people of God sing their praises to God, all things hold together. How do we keep on singing? Who is like you, O Lord, among the gods? Holy, awesome, worker of wonders. In Revelation 15, we hear an echo from this song. But now, it's not just the song of Moses or Miriam. It's the song of the Lamb. For He is the one who did not stop singing. Even in the face of betrayal, loss, fear, and death. Indeed, this has been God's song all along. While Moses and Miriam may have been the first to sing this song, it was never about them. It was always about God, and now God sings it for us. The right hand of God, majestic in power, is also the Lamb who shatters the enemy in a way we would never have expected by standing for us when we were unable to stand and singing the praise and wonder and truth of God that God is Lord over all. He overcomes fear and He overcomes death. He sang this song in a life of obedience. Obedience even to the point of death on the cross. Seated at the right hand of the Father, He now leads us in our song of praise and worship. And we hear the promise hinted at in Moses' song that all nations, all peoples will finally worship God because of the Lamb. He sings for us, even when we are unable to sing. And because He sings this song, it will never be silenced. It will never be silenced. And because He sings, we too must sing. So I will sing to the Lord, for He has and He will triumph gloriously. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.